We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, X-Zone at XZoneRadioTV.com on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit our site at www.xzbn.net. And for the programming on the Exxon TV channel, which is on Simul TV, iLaunch TV, and Comcast, visit www.simultv.com. Our guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Jean Broida, and um, she's the author of Unknown Objects, the Top 10 U.S. UFO Cases. And it's an introduction for everyone who wants to find out more about the taboo topic of UFOs and ETs. Now, why do you call them taboo subjects, Jean? Well, I'm not the only one, Rob, and it's a great question. Why are UFOs a taboo topic? If you think about history, Mm -hmm. we've had other taboo topics, drugs, sex, rock and roll. Now it's UFOs. It's coming out of the closet at last, but it's my opinion, and I'm not the only one, that it is the United States government that is due in large part to the secrecy, denial, discreditation, and distraction away from the UFO topic. What evidence do you have of that? We have decades of government denial that Mm -hmm. UFOs exist and recent documentation has come to light, including documents on the CIA.gov website that show the United States government knew about UFOs, variously called flying saucers, disks, unknown objects. The title of my book mm-hmm. is actually taken from these old documents from the 1940s, 1950s. Our government knows full well they exist, and they play about at, and by our government, please understand, I'm a Yank, I'm in the United States, you're in Canada. So when I say our government, I mean the United States government. Mm -hmm. The U.S. government is famously holding up international disclosure on the topic of UFOs. It's becoming so obvious, your own former prime minister, I'm sorry, minister of defense, Paul Hellyer, Mm -hmm. has gone on the on a campaign videos audio interviews where he knew nothing about this topic before he assumed his official position in the Canadian government and all of a sudden documents started crossing his desk well you see that's very matter-of-factly about UFOs you see that's where I have a problem because I've interviewed Paul Hellyer a number of times and not once during a one-on-one interview did he ever say that while 
acting as Minister of Defense did a UFO report ever cross his desk? That's very interesting, Rob, because that does contradict what he is saying on videos. Well, of course, now he's not a politician, so he has to do something to make a living. Well, there is that. Yeah. And I'm a skeptic. Mm-hmm. Understand that as a researcher and as a person, I'm a skeptic. I want to believe things. I want to believe people are truthful. Let's put it that way. I'd right. like to believe everybody's telling the truth all the time, but we all know that isn't true. Of course. And a good skeptic keeps an open mind, mm-hmm. but has reasonable doubts. So it's very interesting that you have this to say about Mr. Hillier, and I will file that accordingly. Yeah, I... There's there there are a number of things that make me question the uh, former deputy prime minister and minister of defense. Uh, the fact that he's gone on record and said that he really didn't take, he wasn't into the UFO um, field or the UFO uh, belief until after he retired. And he read a book. Now, wait a minute. If you're the Minister of Defense and you're saying in other interviews that UFOs reports had crossed your desk, why would you then say, well, no, you know, it didn't interest me until after I retired? See, that didn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. What was the date of that interview? Oh, gosh, about three, four years ago. But still, after he's been publishing videos claiming... He had seen documents. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it was it was very funny because what we did was we sent uh, a letter to every member of Canadian Parliament and quoted uh, the uh, the Honorable Paul Hellier and asked for a comment from all the different members of Parliament, including the Prime Minister. We got a call from the Department of National Defense asking us for a transcript and a mm. copy of the tape. Do you think Mr. Hellyer was threatened by his own government or the government above the government? Oh, gosh, no. Oh, gosh, no. Oh, gosh, okay. no. Fair enough. You know, it's like, it's like a lot of these, a lot of the, the, um, the, the people who say that they believe, and, and Paul Hellyer was the first one to say that he, you know, like Stanton Friedman. Stanton Friedman's never seen a UFO, and yet he talks as an expert on UFOs. And then you've got Paul Hillier, the Minister of Defense, who says, well, you know, I, I, I only started believing or uh, looking into UFOs after I retired, after I read a book. And I think it was the book by, uh, by uh, Philip Corso, The Day After Roswell, that he quoted. You know, so, hmm. That's very interesting. For the record, my roommate saw a triangular UFO when he was about 14 years old. He was inside the house... It was a friend's house. Right. Everyone else was outside looking at this object hovering in the sky. And they could see that it had a triangular shape. Right. And it was at a time when it's possible the United States had this sort of alternative aircraft. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's impossible. Sure. But he went outside and he stood around for five, ten minutes with the group watching this thing until it disappeared. Yeah. And we do have an incredible number of witness accounts, mm-hmm. experiencer accounts, which is not to say everybody's telling the truth all the time. But, yeah. We also have U.S. government documents talking about flying disks mm-hmm. as being an issue. 
and in fact guidelines for enlisted personnel what to do if you spot such a thing, how to record it, how to log the data. Mm -hmm. But I have actually read a very convoluted conspiracy theory that says the United States government issued all this false documentation talking about flying saucers, disks, as a cover-up itself, covering up not UFOs, but something even more large and insidious, whatever that might be. When you start going down these rabbit holes, things start to get really weird, and we see a lot of high strangeness. So nothing's beyond the realm of possibility, in my view. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, but looking back in history, we don't know if the triangular UFOs were actually from outer space or top secret military projects. We don't know if the sightings that are seen today are actual UFOs from outer space or UFOs of a military kind. And you know what? I, I kind of feel very secure and I sleep very well at night knowing that there are men and women around this world sitting in an interceptor air, air, air force uh, aircraft who at a moment's notice will take to the skies and defend my freedom and my democracy and protect me. So if there are times when any government, the United States government, the Canadian government, or any of our allies hide or keep from the public military secrets, I say go for it. I think what is happening in today's society is that people expect too much information, information that they're not privy to. That's just my opinion. I, I agree with you right there. Mm -hmm. uh, but other supporting documentation could come from UFOs buzzing nuclear installations in the United States. Chapter 7 of my book, Unknown Objects, talks about UFOs at Malmstrom. Oh, okay, so now, Air you're Force talking, Base. now you're talking about uh, Captain Salas. Captain Robert Salas yeah. has gone on record as saying he was part of a two man team. Mm -hmm in a deep underground silo yeah. that was affected by UFOs overhead and the, uh, the security teams and some maintenance crews on top had visual sighting of very large craft. But let me ask you this before they we freaked go, out. let me ask you this. We have that I, kind I, of I've got to go for my break, but let me ask you this and I'll, uh, you know, we'll answer this on the other side. Okay. How come the other members of those teams didn't come forward and over and only Salas went on record. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X zone. And we're talking to Gene Broida, who's the author of Unknown Objects, the Top 10 USO, U, U.S. Whoa, UFO cases. I'm Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, 
Geico makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Break dunk away. Jean Broida, also known as Lightworker 111, is my special guest this hour. She's uh, the author of Unknown Objects, the Top 10 U.S. UFO Cases. And her website is Lightworker, I'm sorry, Lightwork 111, and that's the number 111.com. Uh, so tell me, Jean, how come it was only Robert Salas who went on record? Well, in fact, I'm glad you asked that, Rob, because I just went online and I checked out. The facts behind that case, my memory was a little stale, but I have refreshed it now. Colonel Mywald was the officer teamed up with with Robert Salas at, at the event of the events of March 1967, middle of March 1967, when Malmstrom Air Force Base in the northern United States was incapacitated to the point of needing more than a day of repair, 18 hours of repair. Right, but his partner was Mywald, and mm-hmm. he too has been interviewed uh, in a in at least one book, UFOs and Nukes, by right. Robert Hastings. Mm-hmm. Now these two disagree about the details. Salas says all of the missiles, nuclear-capable missiles, went down and had to be rebooted. Basically, right. we would say today, mm-hmm. Mywald's memory is that only three or four went down. All I can say is 20 years or so had passed between the events and these interviews, at least 20 years. And yet, wouldn't you think something as startling as that would remain pretty fixed in your memory? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, what you, do you th- think? Well, you, if, you, if, you, if you're convinced something happened one way and you keep talking about it and talking about it. And Salas is, has gone to, you know, he's, he's spoken at different events. He's gone to the press club uh, when Steve Bassett has had his uh, disclosure mm-hmm. talks. You know, so he keeps talking about it. So, of course, he's not going to change his story. But the fact is that if, in fact, if, in fact, this event happened as Salas said it did, how come, the, how come everyone in the United States didn't know that it happened when it did. Well, perhaps they did, but because they had sworn, and I'm being speculative okay. here. I'm not saying this is true or not. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying what I, I've read yeah. as a researcher and a historian. Mm-hmm. Perhaps all those other individuals took their oaths of confidentiality seriously. Ah. Perhaps their families were being threatened. Well, or it's, These are whoa, things whoa, whoa, we can't whoa. know. Well, why would, you say, why would their families have to be threatened in order for them to take their oath seriously? It seems to me, as I look at it, it was Salas who didn't take his oath seriously. Well, I can't disagree with you there. Yeah. But I think Salas, if he's telling the truth, mm-hmm. was motivated by a sense of patriotism. That this is such a, if true, the presence of UFOs is such a huge phenomenon. Yeah. Such an important and vital force in our world that the public deserves to know. I agree. If, in fact... If, in fact, and I, 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 I don't buy into the UFO idea. I, I really don't. Because when you look at what happened at Maelstrom, it could have been uh, an EMF that disabled the, 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 uh, the missiles. There, there are other explanations. And it seems that in today's world, if we can't 
find or cannot understand the reason behind it, well, we have to blame the extraterrestrials. Well, it could have been an EMP yeah. in terms of the effects. Mm -hmm. But what we do have are security team personnel and maintenance workers who were stationed on the surface right. at, the, at the time of the incident saying they were staring face-to-face -face with a large, round, glowing object that scared the bejeebers out of them. Now, did they and go on fact, record? one security guard had to be reassigned to a non-security guard duty. Okay, and I'm now. pretty sure that is well documented, and I could find that documentation if somebody pressed me for it. All right. Did they go on record? Do we know the names of these security personnel? No. We only know two names. Right. Well, I'd have to ch again. I'd have to check my records. I I don't. I can't memorize okay. everything. I'm, I understand. I follow that. Sherlock Holmes. That yeah. you shouldn't memorize anything. Don't take up precious gray matter with things that you could look up later. Well, let me ask you. But, uh, but where, your point is well taken. Your point is that if I understand your point, mm -hmm. you're saying why aren't all of these military people disclosing? And the answer is many of them are on their deathbeds, figuring I guess they have little or nothing to lose. And that, again, the public deserves to know the truth. Or, as the skeptic, mm -hmm. you know, playing the devil's advocate, are they craving their 15 minutes of fame? And my book takes a look at this. I tell every chapter of the 10 chapters is arranged in the same way. I start by telling the story and making very little comment about it. I just tell the story based on the facts available. Right. Then I talk about the observers. How credible are they? How many were there? Then I talk about the publicity. Mm -hmm. Who covered this and how? What was their tone? And then I talk about why this case is important enough to be in my top 10 book of U.S. cases. Why? And that has to do with the evolution of what I think, I'm pretty well convinced, is an ongoing propaganda campaign to hide the existence of UFOs from the general public. And finally, I end each chapter with some concluding remarks and set the stage for the next chapter. Is it possible that the propaganda campaign was actually started by the public, carried on by the military and the government in order to protect our own uh, military advances? Anything is possible. So why do we have to, why do we always have to, or why do people jump to the UFO? Is it because it's more exciting? It's more science fiction instead of the plain truth? Like I've had a number of members of the CIA who were contractors at Area 51, who worked on various projects on the show, on the record, and not one of them, not one of them, takes the UFO scen uh, scenario as, as, as anything else but public misinformation because the public wasn't aware of what they were doing or why they were doing it. I can't explain it. All I know is that Right before this show, mm -hmm. I was on Facebook chatting with a gentleman who claims to know about such things. He said, I can't tell you much because they are monitoring all uh. my communications. And I asked him, are they humans? He said, yes. And I asked for more information, and he would say nothing. Well, now, again, this could be smoke and mirrors. No, this or it could, could be, be reality. a con, a la Barnum and Bailey. No, it I'm could not be reality. I'm right and they're wrong. I just don't know. It could be reality because he may be a crackpot. That is. He may be. You know, just going, just going on and on and on, and national. I can allow for that. National security. Have, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. Like wait a sec. Barney Hill. Oh, there we go. Which is one of the chapters of my book. Pardon my interruption, but. I have a lot to say. Yeah, well, <laughs> part of my interruption, this is my show. 
and it's a great show, by the way. You know, so uh, so I've got to get questions in here as well, because very good. You know, um, I I just find it ironic that that people who really have no idea about national security matters, how the government works, how the military works, automatically jump to the conclusion that everything is UFOs from outer space instead of saying why don't why don't people look at it as a possibility that these may be actually UFOs unidentified flying objects that originate from this planet in this time well we do have documents on the CIA website that mm -hmm. which could be falsified by the CIA if you really want to get twisted and evil, I suppose, devilish. Not really. But these documents talk about flying disks. Mm -hmm. These documents are dated 1940s, 1950s. And the tone of these documents suggests that our government did not build these. However, we know that the Germans were busy building anti-gravitational -gravi yeah. devices in the early 1940s. Mm -hmm. So it's not impossible that these machines were built by Germans yeah. or some other Russians, Chinese. I mean, anything, as I say, as a true skeptic, anything is possible. But I tend to think that our government, the United States government, is covering up the existence of UFOs because there were technological goodies to be gained, and you can't enslave people to a gasoline pump working for wages to pay rent, which is also basically petroleum-based. You can't keep people on a petroleum-based economy, if they know, like Tesla had said, Nikola Tesla, the inventor, mm -hmm. there is a free energy source right from Earth. Okay. His laboratory was raided by the U.S. government. His laboratory in Colorado Springs, Colorado, was raided, and his evidence, his research, was appropriated by the United States government. And I talked to somebody perhaps 30 years ago about Tesla. Mm -hmm. I was always interested in science and innovation and free energy, things like this. Free? I love it. Give me a coupon. And I mentioned the name Tesla, and this person said in every in all sincerity, he never existed. The man never existed. That's how effective the cover-up on Nikola Tesla was 30 years ago. Now we have people talking about Tesla, TV shows about Tesla. We have uh, Elon Musk's company called Tesla, making Tesla cars. So who's right, who's wrong? Well, you know, these, these, are, these are excellent questions. However, I don't think we have to blame or, or, or credit extraterrestrials with all the wonderful advances that, that we are seeing today. Because if, in fact, there is reverse engineering going on, as so many in the UFO field like to uh, believe, how come we're still using solid rocket boosters in our rockets? Well, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. We have to go for our commercial break with the news, and we'll be back on the other side <laughs> as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. 
Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Jean Broida is our special guest. She's also known as Lightworker 111. And her website is lightwork111.com. Is it Lightworker 111 or Lightwork 111? I write under the name Lightworker 111 because okay. I'm a lightworker. Uh-huh. And the domain available was lightwork111.com. All righty. Uh, what's a lightworker? A light worker is anyone who sheds light into darkness. And I take it even further to mean people who sincerely want to elevate consciousness in the world the way Gandhi did or tried to, the way Jesus did or tried to, to get people thinking positive thoughts and going for solutions rather than complaining about problems. Now, where did your interest in UFOs come from? That's a great question. And all I can say is library books. I was a voracious reader as a child. Mm -hmm. I had best friends who moved away one after another, and I was alone quite a bit. I went, I I read every book of interest in my school library, and then I discovered the public library and also the local college library, and I found sections that didn't exist in my school library, including shelves on paranormal, Mm -hmm. and I thought, what is that? No idea. Started looking at the books. We had ghosts. We had Loch Nessie, we had Bigfoot, and we had UFOs. And I started reading books on UFOs, and I just vibrated to that, if you will. I read Von Donegan's Chariots of the Gods. I read books by J. Allen Hynek, mm-hmm. who, uh, Ph.D. in astrophysics, worked on the American United States Project Blue Book. In fact, there's a new TV show on the History Channel about that very project. Yeah. And I took these books to my father, who was very much like you in the sense that he was a true skeptic. And he also had had worked on 10 megaton nuclear device development. So he had that level of security clearance in the United States government. And I took these books to him and I said, these authors seem to know what they're talking about. One of them is a PhD in astrophysics. What about you, Dad? What do you think? about UFOs. Are they real or not? And Rob, you might be gratified to know my dad looked me right in the eye and he said, there is no scientific proof for the existence of UFOs. And that was the end of that conversation. You see, I want want to believe. And I've been doing this show now for 30 years. And I've talked to everyone who's a hoo-hoo when it comes to ufology, past and present, including Mm -hmm. including, uh, Neil Armstrong, Edgar Mitchell, Buzz Aldrin. The, the entire gang. And here we are in the 21st century. Today's date 
is the 22nd of January 2019 and with all of today's marvelous technology that anyone has access to still there is not any conclusive proof that UFOs exist how come that that we know no oh, wait a second we, we can't know. we can't speculate <laughs> you you cannot speculate and be objective that the government of the United States or Canada or anywhere else on this planet has the information because that's sheer speculation. Are you familiar with William Cooper, oh, the author yeah. of Behold a, Bale, a Pale Horse? I know, I know you would be. Yeah. Yeah. So he claimed, and, he, uh, and on videos from the 1990s, he was in front of audiences on a mm -hmm. lecture tour yeah. talking about mineral specimens he had collected over his career. He was not a young man at that time. He said his dad had worked on UFO projects and had taken him over, or at least related projects, had taken him to the house. Mm -hmm. when, when Bill was a child, he and his father visited a friend and a co-worker of his father. These were naval intelligence types of people. And the friend had illegally scooped up particles or material, molten material that had hardened on the ground from a UFO that was being tested. In other words, it had been allegedly been reverse engineered by the United States government. And the man gave it to Bill after he asked for it. And the adults thought, Bill will never keep this. He's a kid. He'll lose it. But he kept that specimen and he claimed to have other physical evidence of UFOs and he wound up dead with his own catheter wound around his neck, ruled suicide. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. Well, there's, I honestly well, don't know. Well, you see, there's a lot of supposition in the story you just gave us. You know, allegedly to have had this material, allegedly came from a UFO. There's nothing, I get it. There's I nothing evidential there. I understand your yeah. concerns. And I share them, frankly. You know, uh, anybody can go in front of a group who want to believe and say anything that group wants to hear, and that group will believe it, whether it is fiction or whether it is fact. And when it comes to those people who say these wondrous stories that they've had encounters, they've had experiences, that they have proof, when push comes to shove, there's no evidence. So how is the public, or why is the public, expected to believe what these people are saying? And if you'll notice, in mainstream media, the, the attention that is given to any claim of UFOs, including the Tic Tac footage, dissipates very fast. These are great questions, and one answer lies in metaphysics. We have physics, mm -hmm. which is are things that we can see and touch. Right. Metaphysics is, now we enter the realm of mysticism and the unseen. And some people would claim the unknown. I say it's not known for sure. Many people claim mm -hmm. to have psychic talents and abilities. Russell Targ speaks for the fact of ESP, extrasensory perception, says he worked for DARPA. Defense Area Research Projects for years developing an ESP program, what we now call remote viewing. Yeah. They called it that then, too, mm -hmm. that, uh, basically to develop a scientific protocol to allow anyone off the street to learn how to do remote viewing where you clear your mind and allow images 
to enter, yeah. and then you make drawings. We, we've had uh, we've had Russell on the show a number of times. The ESP component seems to be part and parcel of the experiencers' stories and experience. Mm -hmm. Well, e ESP has been proven in labs and in under scientific conditions. We just had Lloyd Auerbach on the show before you. And he was telling us about the the research that has been done in the Ryan Institute, you know, and other universities. So when it comes to ESP, psychic phenomenon that we that we presently don't know, I, I can buy into it. People who claim to have seen UFOs describe mm -hmm. effects or phenomenon that I can only relate to ESP. They claim to have had telepathic communication quite often, and they claim to have physiological effects, which could be fear-induced. But ringing in the ears mm -hmm. and feelings of nausea or discomfort or feelings of elevation and euphoria, whether these things really happened, we can't possibly know because we weren't there. That's right. We don't know if it really did happen because... We weren't there. On the same, on the same uh, side of the uh, side of the page, if they cannot substantiate their claim, and if they've had these physical abnormalities, and if they didn't go to a doctor to get them checked out and get some kind of report to to collaborate their story, how can we take them as serious? I think now you're getting into the why people want to believe psychology of all this. I was getting people there. People love a good ghost story. Mm -hmm. People love a thriller. Yeah. People identify with other people's misery and discomfort, but also their joy and elevation. People want acceptance. We're a herd animal. People do want acceptance. But there is a psychic component within me that says all of these people cannot possibly be lying and when we look at bud hopkins the hypnotist medical hypnotist and and psychiatrist who whoa worked. whoa, whoa. Bob, bud hopkins was not bud a psychiatrist uh, he, was, he wasn't a doctor bud hopkins was a painter who got into uh, hypnosis you, i stand corrected you're absolutely right yeah. he was referred patients uh who people i should mm -hmm. say if he's not a doctor they're not his patients people who were disturbed by nightmares yeah and he started putting them into hypnotic trances and he had no interest at all in ufos but these people not knowing each other not knowing mm. each other's stories were saying the same story over and over now that could be because they read the same comic books or watched the same television shows for everything we say on the i believe in ufos mm -hmm. side of the argument we can make a, an intelligent rebuttal and if you want to get technical, this is why we have lawyers. Lawyers decide in courts of law, help decide. Lawyers make cases for or against a position. Mm -hmm. If someone was involved in a car wreck, this is a metaphor, if someone's involved in a car wreck and they say it was the other driver's fault, the other driver says, no, it was their fault. You're right. Perhaps there's witnesses. Maybe they disappear. In a court of law, yeah. it's up to the lawyers to make a case and, you see, and maybe, then the judge or jury to decide who's right, who's wrong. Maybe that's why I'm the way I am as a former police detective and investigator. That's yes. how I operate. Prove it. 
I'm the same way. I want to see the evidence. I would like to see some proof, too. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break. And Exxon Nation, I'll be back on the other side as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Jean Broida, and her book is entitled... Unknown Objects, the Top 10 U.S. UFO Cases. Her website is www.lightwork111, and that's the number, 111.com. Um, what, is your, what is your opinion of the Roswell case? This is a, such a high-profile case, mm -hmm. but again, no evidence. According to witnesses, the U.S. government swooped in, cleaned out the site, and carted it all off. There are stories about aviators involved in the chain of custody of the evidence who described covered pallets mm -hmm. or uh, boxes containing right. stuff. They didn't see anything. There's one report during that episode, of that incident, where someone saw what was supposed to be an alien hand sticking out from under a gurney and the hand had four fingers as i recall or three fingers not not five fingers again it's no photograph there are plenty of photographs of alien autopsies but anyone who works with photoshop the photo editing software tool understands that sure. any photo can be faked i understand that well speaking about the uh, the alien autopsy uh, ray santilla came out and said it was totally faked for everyone who says something's real, someone else will say it's fake. Well, that's, Ray, Ray that's one thing I've learned in my research. Yeah, Ray Santilli was the was the person who brought forward the alien topsy film that was supposed to have been the smoking gun, and it was pretty big news going back into the what 90s. In fact, in fact, Robert Kiviat from Fox TV did an entire expose on it. And, uh, you know, Ray Santilli just uh, a little while ago says, hey, you know what? I faked it. It was all a fake. It was based on what I thought. You know, so and, and then so he was well intentioned, but misinformed. Oh, I, I No, I think he was well intentioned in earning money and making a name for himself. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like when you look at the story of Roswell, you've got Jesse Marcel, the base intelligence <laughs> officer, goes out to this crash site, retrieves evidence important enough that he as an intelligence officer seized the material and went right back to the base and secured it no he didn't no he didn't what did he do on his way back to the base he decided to go to his house wake up his wife and little kid and let them play with this material that he had in his custody at which time that is where the roswell case falls apart because he broke the chain of custody. And anybody who takes anything that Jesse Marcel says is an idiot. Because he broke the chain of custody. Anyone with half a brain in their head who is, who is put in charge of something as responsible as being a base intelligence officer going to a site where there is this unknown material and takes it home and lets his wife and his son play with it? No, I'm sorry. You know, so, and, and then you've got researchers who are now getting on the other side of what they originally said when it comes to the Roswell case. 
more and more of these researchers who swore that there was a crashed UFO are now saying, well, no, you know what, mogul, it was balloons. It was at the, you know, the Cold War. We needed to find out what the Russians were doing. We didn't have spy satellites at the time. So, so who do you believe? It's a great question, and people love that not knowing. The, it is the fear and intrigue of the unknown, which is why I put that word first in my book title. So, it draws people in. People want to know, but some things maybe just can't be known or won't be known until the people with the evidence come forward, if there are even such people. You know what I can't understand, Gene? Now, you've got a long history working in computers. Our, our researchers came up with your entire uh, portfolio. And it, it's no secret that when countries want to find out what they can get on other countries, they dig. You know, they hack computers. They, the good guys do it to the bad guys. The bad guys do it to the good guys. If, in fact, this information was in some computer somewhere, in if a country like the Soviet Union or China wanted to bring down the United States government, all they would have to do is find this information and let the American public know that they have been lied to and that the country and that their government has deceived them for all these years. And yet that hasn't happened. It's a point well taken. We do know that the Chinese were able to insert a chip mm -hmm. on hundreds of thousands of motherboards, computer motherboards, the guts of a computer for people who don't understand computers all that well. And these were shipped around the world, many of them into the United States, mm -hmm. and they were basically surveillance chips giving data back to China. Yeah. But you're right. Knowledge can be used as a weapon. Absolutely correct. I agree with you totally on that. Why wouldn't they be doing it? I can only speculate. And again, there are so many layers to the onion of the UFO question. Mm -hmm. And also in government and in politics, going back to Mad Magazine, spy versus spy exactly, versus yeah. spy. Mm -hmm. Intelligence, counterintelligence, counter counterintelligence. It gets deep fast. Why do people do what they do? Why do governments do what they do? I don't pretend to know. All I want to do is shed my little flashlight into the dark corners of the world and reveal what truth I can find there. If it is, in fact, truth, I remain skeptical until proven otherwise. So basically, you raise the questions, and what happens then? Because the, the truth isn't out there. What do we call the truth? How do we, how do we, how do we bring to a conclusion cases like the Betty and Barney Hill, uh, Kenneth Arnold, uh, the Foo Fighters, Travis Walton, how do we bring these to a definite conclusion? Maybe we can't. Maybe they'll always be unknown. Maybe they aren't real. Is Maybe it the, they is aren't it, real. Is it the Santa Claus complex, the Easter Bunny complex, the Tooth Fairy complex? It wouldn't be the first time, would it? No. There's a reason why P.T. Barnum and his partner Bailey mm -hmm. succeeded so well. They played upon people's curiosity and their horrors, their what they they had freak shows. They introduced, they didn't invent freak shows by any means, but mm -hmm. they popularized them. People are drawn 
to the unusual, the bizarre, the unknown. And it doesn't get any much more bizarre than spacecraft hovering around the yard with alien entities looking down on you. It doesn't get any much weirder than that, would you agree? I, I truly agree with that. However, I don't believe that. And I, I get that. Yeah. You know, and, like, and the jury's out for me, here, let me, let me give you. I wasn't let me, there. I didn't see it. Let me tell you something. Over the years, we have had so many people come on the show and tell us that with the amount of evidence that they, the UFO community, has that in a court of law, they would win. So you know what we did? We said, fine, we'll give you that opportunity to present your case in a court of law. The name of the TV show is Paranormal Court TV. We have real forensic, uh, forensic medical examiners. We have real scientists. We have real physicists. We have a real judge. We have lawyers. And you want to present this case? We'll give you the venue. Do you know that not one member of the UFO community wanted to appear on our TV show? That's very interesting and, and rather telling, isn't it? It sure because is. Because I think any ufologist worthy of the name, a person who studies UFO, mm -hmm. UFOs, understands that there is, there's basically no physical evidence. And that's what's, that's pretty much what's required in a court of law. You can build a circumstantial case, yeah. but it's not nearly as rock solid as physical evidence. And I was told in the past by a very able defense lawyer that anyone considering going to court should avoid it. Oh, I agree. Because even if you think you're going to win, even if your lawyer tells you you're going to win, even if your lawyer won't take a fee if you don't win, the decision rests in the minds, the hearts, and the hands of the judge and jury. You see, and that was another that was another reason I think that the 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 UFO community didn't want to come on because we had set this up that it was going to be an international live feed, and that the viewers would be the jury. So they were given the opportunity to put everything on the table, and they declined. Anyway, listen, you and I have to say so long for tonight. I want to thank you for joining us on Dexone Nation. If you'd like to find out more about my guest this hour, her name is Jean Broda, and uh, let me see, her website is lightwork111.com. That's lightwork111.com. Wow. I don't know what somebody once asked me, what will it take, Rob, for you to believe in UFOs and extraterrestrials? I said, a crash saucer that I can touch and a dead alien that I can watch the autopsy. I'm not asking for too much, am I? And listen, if there's a UFO community out there who would like to take us up on our challenge about Paranormal Court TV... Send me an email, exxon at com, and I will make it happen. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Whatever you do, don't go away. And uh, don't forget, check us out online at www.exxonradiotv.com. And for all our broadcast features on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.